Bonus episode of Uncanny Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. And Matt, what a uh, what special little bonus present do we have for the kids today? That's right, Bob. Today we are covering the Guardians of the Galaxy Xmas special. That is correct. Disney Plus content, folks. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, and with that title, we're making the both sets of people angry. We're making the politically correct people angry that we didn't say holidays, and we're making the Christians angry that we didn't put the Christ in Christmas. We're just saying Xmas. Dude, Xmas is a hint that the X-Men are coming. Yes, sadly there was no uh, there was no drop of the X-Men 92 theme music in, in the special. It was really missing that, I suppose. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But, I mean, they said Christmas throughout, so we're the ones saying Xmas. Indeed, indeed. Um, it opens up, though, with uh, the Pogue's fairy tale of uh, New York. Have you ever heard that song before? Also closes out on that. I have not, Bob. I, I was I was not sure what that was. Yeah, yeah, no, the the Pogues are like an Irish rock band, so it, it, it's their kind of like sort of sentimental, sort of drunken, uh, sleaze Christmas song. Very nice song. The only thing I can say, Bob, in the opening is that this just reminded me that Yondu is a complete asshole. But then by the end of by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, you know, he's 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 okay. Yondu is maybe not so bad. So Matt, were you afraid that the whole thing was going to be in that stilted animation style in the opening? I don't know why they felt the need to do that, but it just you know, I guess they couldn't get Michael Rooker to do it in person. So stilted animation for the opening and closing of the thing. That is true. The only character that is animated but not live action is the guy that plays Yondu. So I think you're onto something. But no, because I, I realized, you know, after watching the trailer, which, you know, I do, Bob, I watch all the trailers, I knew that there was going to be some live action components to this. But I'm also kind of wondering if the whole stilted animation thing is a nod to the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, yeah. So have you actually seen the Star Wars uh, holiday special? I have. It is absolutely terrible. Yeah, that, I mean, that is its reputation. So is the whole Star Wars holiday special animated or is it just like certain parts? No, it tried to be like a variety show. There's an animated piece. There's like a part that deals with like Wookiees on Kashak or whatever the name of that planet is. There's Han Solo trying to like deliver stuff in the Millennium Falcon for Christmas. It's it's weird shit. Okay, so it, it, it came out before Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, right after the first movie came out. Uh, wild, wild seventy eight. Yeah, I think so. Okay, for some reason I had in my mind like 80. Interesting. Any any other similarities you see between that and this? Since, yeah, that's the obvious kind of inspiration here. Yeah, it was 78. There's musical numbers throughout the, the actual uh, thing. And this is just like this there were too. It's just, you know, you have the one at the beginning. Where, is this the same band you're referring to, the Pogues? Were they... The- no, no, That was no, a different no, band? No. Okay. That's, the, that's the old 97. They're, they're an alt-country band. Okay, there's old yeah, there's old ninety seven at the beginning and at the end of it you have Kevin Bacon singing up things. So yeah, it has the same it. idea. Still with old ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. This is what makes it a Christmas special. You have like musical numbers, animated short pieces, and then you know, all these characters showing up from the movies. But speaking of characters showing up, Bob, I was a little concerned about Quill. Uh he looked did he look yellow to you when he first showed up on the screen? Uh, no, I didn't notice that, although I was kind of curious to, like, go back and see what you were talking about, but I, 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 di- I didn't make the time, so you, you're afraid that, uh, old Peter Quill got his case of the space jaundice? 
I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. He was very yellow in the first couple of scenes. I thought my TV was messed up or something, but uh, maybe maybe you should go back and watch it. Let me know. Maybe I need to adjust my television screen. Yeah, yeah. G- give uh, give my uh, televisual diagnosis of his condition. <laughs> he wasn't towards the end of the film, though. So for the end of the, the special, so I don't know. Maybe they filmed it out of order, man. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the earlier stuff is the the more <laughs> accurate stuff. We, yeah. Speaking of characters too, we also get uh, Cosmo back. He had uh, some cameos in the first film, uh, hanging out with Howard the Duck, and uh, you know, I I was uh, I was delighted to have him back. He he's always amused me as a character in the comics. Yeah, I was psyched to see him. Uh, you know, it's a dog in an astronaut costume. What more could you ask for? Yeah, yeah a Soviet dog, nonetheless. And, and, and it talks to you. It does. It does. <laughs> and then, yeah, so the, the alien band is the old 97s. Um, pretty good alt-country band. I've got, I've got a couple of their albums from back when. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had many, like, Guardians of the Galaxy discussions with you, Bob, but why does Quill always come off to me as, like, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker combined? I, I mean, I'm sure because that's precisely what they're going for. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm able to fit their little, like, their demographic of what they're trying to shoot for. I'm like, that reminds me of my childhood hero, Han Solo. <laughs> but there's little elements of Luke Skywalker in there. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it just if his if his father were a living planet instead of, uh, you know, the greatest uh, butcher in the galaxy sort of stuff. And then we find out his sister's also kind of magical. We find out, you know, Mantis is his sister. So. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But that's uh, that's very much a straight-up kind of Star Wars thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just saying a lot of Star Wars going on here, Bob. Yeah, that did kind of make me wish I remembered the second movie better, which I, I think I liked more than most people, but I just don't remember at all what the how the relationship between Mantis and Ego, the living planet, a.k.a. Kurt Russell, was described. So that maybe the reveal would have meant more to me if I could remember details from the second movie. Well, speaking of more details, Bob, just, just to get make sure everybody's on the right track here. So Drax and Mantis, they decide that they want to go and provide a Christmas present for Quill, who... You know, he's been a little sad lately because all this other shit that was going on, and they want to celebrate Christmas. And they also falsely believe that when Quill was a child, Yondu ruined Christmas for him. Yes, much like I felt that Quill, uh, Yondu was an asshole at the beginning of the film, uh, that they believe the same. So they decide they're going to kidnap Kevin Bacon as a gift. <laughs> Do a little light human trafficking for the holidays. Just a little light human trafficking. But Bob, you know, when it comes to Kevin Bacon, I just imagined that he was supposed to be Sebastian Shaw in hiding after the failed Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, uh, you're really committed to fitting, uh, what was it, first X-Men, X-Men first X-Men class. X-Men first class, Bob. You're really committed to fitting X-Men first class into the MCU continuity, I see. I am folding the timelines into one another. I'm doing it for Marvel. So don't worry, guys, you can keep Kevin Bacon in this film. It's just Sebastian Shaw in hiding. Yeah. So what what you're saying, Matt, is that you were deeply bothered by the decision to have Kevin Bacon be Kevin Bacon and not be, uh, you know, some other Marvel character. I wasn't bothered because Bob, it, it, thematically, it was fine. Professor X <laughs> screwed with Sebastian Shaw's mind like he does everyone else, and made him Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good old. I whatever you need to tell yourself at night, I guess <laughs> that yeah. works. It all works out, Bob. Yeah. All the continuities so, there. <laughs> oh, man. You're going full Alex Jones here, I see. You got the documents. I, I could totally just like pinpoint all this on a board somewhere. 
Um, I do find it mildly amusing that the people on Earth are still startled by alien ships, you know, after they went through the whole, like, Infinity War, Snap, alien invasion thing. Yeah, it would be so fucking awful to live in the MCU as a civilian. Like, even though, like, but but you are right, though, like, they've seen plenty of spaceships, but this is in Hollywood, and all the spaceship shit took place in New York and Wakanda, and yeah, yeah. We're talking spaceships here. We're talking half the half the uh, population was snapped out of existence for how many years? Like four or five years, eight years, some of that. Yeah, it is that kind of weird thing where like that superhero comics I don't feel like acknowledge enough or superhero movies where it's like, you know, it's supposed to be superheroes in the real world, superheroes outside your door. Like that's always the ideal, right? Right. But it's like you live you live in a science fictional universe. Like it's well established at this point that aliens exist and have invaded earth and that you know you have aliens as your protectors i don't it it's just kind of wild that they that you sort of have that tension that just in both the movies and in the comics can tend to be unacknowledged that no no like the earths of the marvel and the dc universe are not our earth they're you know these are people who live in a wholly different cosmology because of the revelation of alien life and things like that the whole snap thing blows my mind too like that there would be so you could do a whole film just like from a civilian's perspective about the snap it would probably be interesting they should totally like maybe make a disney plus thing about that yeah i mean i guess they do it cover it a little bit in what is it the second spider-man movie but yeah a little but not it's it's not enough to really it's just kind of it's still an afterthought at that point though I mean, yeah, they address it, but it's it's still, there's so many repercussions from, like, missing that much time. That was one of the reasons I got a lot more selective with what I watched from Marvel, because it was like, I just couldn't think about going from those two big Infinity War movies to, oh, Spider-Man 2 in theaters near you. You know, he's going to be in Europe. And it's just like, I don't know, that just seems off to me. Oh, Hawkeye and his little friend at Christmas time. With Hawkeye, that my, my bitterness was just that it was butchering one of my favorite runs of the comics. How about Moon Knight? Yeah, yeah. S- Knight same thing. Well. Oh, shit. I can't come up with any more. There's a home, I think. Uh, WandaVision. Oh, right. That fucked up one of your one of your things, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miss Marvel, WandaVision, Hawkeye. Although, none as bad as Hawkeye. I see a common thread here, Bob. You yeah. hate the MCU adaptations of things. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Because they're not the comic book. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that. I don't mind things adapting the comic. And honestly, like, the Miss Marvel thing, it's not that it's a bad adaptation. It's just that it's, like, it's a six-part origin story when, like, from what I've read of Miss Marvel, like, the charm of her is, like, basically her teaming up and fangirling out with other superheroes. And so it's kind of hard to do that in a series that's, like, mostly devoted to her and her secret origin. The problem with Hawkeye is not, like, you just can't do it because um, what's-his-face, Jeremy Renner, he's not the same character as in the comics. So it just, like, it just doesn't work to do the Matt Fraction, David Aha Hawkeye series with Jeremy Renner. And it especially doesn't work when they totally get the wrong dynamic between Jeremy Renner and Kate Bishop. Uh, that just, uh, you know, that just ugh, makes me furious. Uh, do, do they get the right feeling, though, Bob, with this Guardians Xmas special? Do you feel like this is Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, so this is a good example because I've read most of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. I think I've read every Guardians of the Galaxy comics with this with the 2008 team, you know, the Peter Quill team. And uh, this isn't exactly like any of the comics, but it's fine. It works. Like, I, you know, it's 
I don't have any objections to it. Like, we'll see. Maybe the James Gunn is getting this shit right, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how he does for all of DC now. I guess. Yes. Once he does DC, gonna rock it. Raccoon. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, Matt, you really liked the gag with uh, Drax and Mantis in Hollywood, eh? Yeah, see, this is the kind of funny shit I like from Marvel movies and Marvel, Marvel properties, Marvel shows, Marvel specials, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, Drax and Mantis walking through Hollywood with people, like, taking pictures and thinking they're just people in costumes. That was fucking hilarious. You've been to New York City, right? Uh, I've been to New York and I've been to L.A., but I've never... I've not really done like th- the cosplay parts of either. I, when I was in LA, it was for work. Yeah. Okay. So I've never been to LA, Bob, but I've been to New York city and times square. And yes, people do this. They dress like legit cosplay costumes and make money off of it. And they will hound you. If you don't, if you take a picture <laughs> with them or take a picture of them, they will hound you and hound you and hound you for money. I'm talking like they want you to hand over like 20 bucks to get the picture with them. It's crazy. <laughs> brutal brutal yeah yeah i was somewhat aware of the practice but it was funny to see it here yeah it's it's insane but yeah they all think they're just people in costumes but it's also hilarious too that drax's cousin was apparently killed by a gobot bob yeah matt what is a gobot gobots are a poor man's transformers okay so i'm assuming gobots mean... were created by marvel i'm i'm just i know i'm just throwing that out there but i'm pretty sure like there had to be some connection for that for them to get away with that. Apparently they belong to Hasbro, just like the Transformers. Created by Tonka, but then Hasbro bought them out in 91. Yeah, and then Hasbro it has exclusive rights to Marvel toys, so that's probably where it all... Oh, so there's... It all comes together, huh? I don't know, yeah, I wonder, like, would this... Would this count as still parody, or is this enough of a, enough of a usage that it, you know, it needs, it needs legal permission? I'm not sure. And Bob, do the GoBots exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? These are the questions that keep me up at night. Uh, I mean, I hope not, but I, I suppose uh, I suppose you've got strong evidence that they do with uh, Drax uh, screaming about it. Yeah, and his cousin got killed by them. <laughs> to go from uh, Drax uh, hitting on something to him getting hit on, I, I was very amused that he, uh, Drax does get hit on, subtly and family-friendly, but hit on. Uh, by a man at a bar. That was nice. And uh, even nicer was uh, Mantis just fucking up some cops with a candy cane. Uh, you know, I always like to see cops get fucked up. Yeah, this Christmas special was much more violent than I anticipated when they when, when Mantis faces off, off against the cops. You know, Drax flat up just flips over that police car. And it doesn't help that Mantis will, like, kick somebody in the face and then say, sleep, like it's okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go kick you in the face, Bob, and then just be like, sleep. And you're not going to be mad at me anymore. Yeah. I think, as I remember the second one, which is we established earlier, I don't remember it that well. I don't think they really played up Mantis's kung fu in that one, you know, because they were like fighting a living planet, so there wasn't much opportunity for kung fu. Right. But and I've not read much with Mantis in the comics, but I believe her deal in the comics is both that she's an empath and she's good at kung fu. So it was kind of nice to see that side of her here. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. She's also just so adorable, Bob. It's just just so cute. Indeed, indeed. Very very cute character. Very cute character. Um, in, in addition to all the uh, anti-cop stuff, I, I loved all the uh, anti-actor stuff with uh, both Drax and Mantis yelling at different points that actors are repugnant. That was uh, that was very nice. Yeah, what, what's the message they're trying to get across here? Is it kind of meant to be like meta because they're actors as well? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it's meta. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's generally knowledge that actors are repugnant. Like, I mean, <laughs> have you known many actors, Matt? They tend to be repugnant. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many actors, but uh, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. But these are actors saying that they're repugnant as they're acting. No, no, Matt, it's Drax and Mantis saying that, and they're trustworthy sources. <laughs> it's Dave Batista. I watched him debut. Maybe that's part of the joke, since Batista was a wrestler before he was an actor. Oh, what was Mantis? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the question that comes to mind. It seems like she's just an actor, so I guess my theory doesn't work. We have a proposal for uh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, Matt, what would you have thought of Kevin Bacon as uh, Batman? Yeah, Kevin Bacon tries to impersonate Batman in this, and it just doesn't work. It will never work. I don't. He was never, I don't think, in line for the Batman thing back in 89. Really? I don't remember his name ever being. Like, I've read a bunch of stuff. I don't remember him being, like, in the lead. What about, like, in uh, for Batman Forever or Batman and Robin in the mid-90s? Uh, poss- possibly, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't remember him being in line for that. But when I look at him, I get villain vibes. Like, I can see him as, like, Scarecrow or Riddler or someone like that. The great hero, Kevin Bacon, Matt. The one who slew Jason. The one yeah. who uh, the one who saved the town through dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always see villain. And that's because, Bob, if, if, if that's because the main movie I remember Kevin Bacon from as a child was actually Hollow Man. Ah, uh, yes, yes. The Wasn't that supposed to be pretty terrible? The Invisible Oh, it's Man. awful. It's a terrible Bob, film. Okay, yeah. I don't recommend it. But I'm just telling you, I must have watched it maybe two two or three times as a kid just because it was one of those movies you're like, oh, this is one of those like creepy movies that you know, your parents wouldn't want you to watch, so I'm going to watch it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be scary. Matt, have you ever seen uh, JFK? Uh, yeah. Do you remember Kevin Bacon's role in JFK? Uh, vaguely, yes. You should uh, watch that uh, little 20-second clip I sent you, both because it's funny and because uh, I think... Uh, Mostly shirtless Kevin Bacon will uh, maybe change your opinion about his ability to play Batman. Oh, bring all those motherfuckers on, man. Bring their college degrees in here. I got nothing to hide. You can't buy me. They can't buy me. I don't even need this damn parole. See, this is about the truth coming out. You a goddamn liberal, Mr. Garrison. You don't know shit because you've never been fucked in the ass. All right, Bob. You're not going to tell me that's not one of the best lines in movie history? I think it is. That's pretty funny, Bob. I'd forgotten about that. And also, like you know, man, the the dude's fit. He's 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 very very fit. He could be Batman. He, he, I, I don't think he could be Batman, Bob. I don't see it. I don't know. I I think you want like both. I think he has a similar quality that like Christian Bale and Michael Keaton have. Of you know, like they're square jawed, but they're also like a little weird. Like there's something a little crazy in their in their eyes. Pattinson's got it too. Based solely on that clip and the way that man is acting, I could see him as Victor Zaz. Oh, you, you have a little faith. You have a little imagination. Yeah. Like, but you admit you admit what I'm saying, though, right? Like, both like Keaton and Christian Bale and Pattinson all have a little bit, like a little bit of a serial killer vibe to them. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, they all do. I don't know. It's, it's the look in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Kevin Bacon's got that too. He should. He could have been Batman. Okay. Well, I'm sure if we Google it, there's some images or something somewhere of him dressed. <laughs> so check that out. Indeed. I, I also do have to confess that I feel pretty dumb for not realizing that the dance scene with Ronan at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was a, was a explicitly a dirty dancing homage. I never put that together. I, I don't know, Bob. I questioned this, and I meant to go back and rewatch it, because I, I thought it wasn't meant to be dirty dancing at all. I thought it was just meant to be like a dance-off type thing. 
That wasn't Dirty Dancing. Well, maybe not, not necessarily like shot for shot, but just the oh. idea of it's like Peter Quill saving the universe through dancing in the same way that Kevin Bacon saves the town through dancing. Oh, oh, you're... I see what you've done here, Bob. You confused Dirty Dancing with Footloose. They are two different films. Oh, is it Footloose? Yes, you fucked up. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so was Kevin Bacon in Dirty Dancing and Footloose, or just? No, Footloose? he was not in Dirty Dancing. Don't they say he's in Dirty Dancing in the in the Holiday Special, or did I make that up? You made that up because he's that. <laughs> you have Footloose and Dirty Dancing confused in your brain, Bob. Given that like Peter doesn't remember Friday the Thirteenth accurately, isn't it possible that he misremembered it as Dirty? I mean, I I I, I could have fucked up. I you know I that is a possibility, up. but I have yeah. a feeling that that you. You're going to have to make me... So you, you, you find these things that make me have to go back and rewatch the whole thing. I ain't doing it, Bob. I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not saying that you should. I'm just raising... I'm just sowing doubt. Um, I can't Google I don't it and find it. Having fucked up. So I'm, I'm just going to sow doubt. Sow doubt and mistrust. I'm, I'm pulling a... You know, I'm pulling an Alex Jones or a Tucker Carlson here, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bob. Because I'm pretty sure it, it was Footloose. That was what he was in. In answer to your question in the notes, Matt, yeah, you, I, I did get a little misty when uh, Peter Quill walks out and sees that they've turned the whole Nowhere Station into uh, Christmas Wonderland. Yeah, it was so sad, Bob. It was like, oh, wow. I got a little teary-eyed, too. It's just like, oh. Well, my favorite line, Bob, though, is like, okay, so, you know, we're all sad. Quill comes out, and he's like, he rolls that something's up because the box is shaking that has Kevin Bacon in it. But then mm -hmm. when Kevin Bacon pops out to surprise him, Drax has the best line in the whole show. It's Kevin Bacon. He's not a loser. He's great. We don't hate him at all. <laughs> Brilliant. Like my, my delivery is nothing compared to what Dave Batista did. Dave Batista's delivery of it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not enough that Drax uh, human trafficked Kevin Bacon. He also has to neg him. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then we get a little musical number with Kevin Bacon in the old 97s. That was nice. Yeah, Kevin Bacon singing. It's kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. He wants to be a little rock star. Yeah, yeah. What did, what did you think of our little montage of gift-givings that go, go along with Kevin Bacon singing, Matt? They're delivered these, like, Guardians of the Galaxy clay ornaments at the end. Or I don't know what they are. They're little, like... We call it dioramas. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, to be. They, I, I, hadn't, I wasn't thinking about that, but yeah, you're right. They are basically dioramas. Yeah, and it's like scenes from earlier in the special. It's only like 45 minutes, so do we really need that? But they show you like each little one's care. I'm like, I wonder if they're gonna make ornaments out of those and sell them on Disney. I assume they will, which I would is cons uh, I would consider buying them. They're kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't buy them. I would say they were a little cheap and. For me, by the fact that I assumed that they would immediately be turned into a merchandise. <laughs> so, what did you think of the weird little uh, weird little bit of Nebula giving uh, Rocket Winter Soldier's uh, bionic arm? That that was odd. And one issue I always have with Rocket Raccoon is his size in comparison to other things. The arm looked too big for Rocket Raccoon. I don't think the idea is that Rocket is going to wear it. I think the idea is that he's going to keep it as a souvenir. No, Bob, I, I get that part. I'm just saying it seemed like the proportions were way wrong. Like the size of the arm on a human compared to Rocket Raccoon size were not consistent. It bothered me. 
Is I'm not saying Rocket I expected Raccoon. the arm to be the size of Rocket Raccoon's arm. I'm just saying I expected it to be the size of the Winter Soldier's arm. And this thing was way bigger, in my opinion. Isn't Rocket just the size of a raccoon? That's what I thought, but it's, like, sometimes he's, like, smaller, I feel. And sometimes he's bigger. When was the last time you saw a raccoon, Matt? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel On like the TV the or in person? In person. In person. I'm going to have to go hunt some raccoons, Bob, and get some measurement, measuring tape and figure this out. Yeah, What's man, the average I, height of a, ra- a raccoon? Raccoons come up on my porch every night out here, so uh, I, yeah. I, I, have a very, I have a very good sense of uh, the size of a raccoon. I would like you to do some research, Bob. Go out there, measure those motherfuckers, and come back and tell us, and we'll figure out the size I of I do rocket. really want to pet the forbidden cat. That is my desire. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out rocket raccoon size. We'll go from there. Make sure they're getting this right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap it down, Matt? I mean, this was a very little magical Christmas special. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad it came out around Christmas time. That was good timing. They didn't try to push us out in June. I do. I think it came out either on Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, which is good. You, you know, you want to respect Thanksgiving and then have your holiday specials, as it were. Yeah, and you spend um, time with your you spend time with your friends and family. You sit down, you turn on Disney X, or Disney Plus, whatever the hell it's called, and you know uh, you just uh, you sit around, and listen to the word "damn" and shit like fourteen times. It's awesome. Have uh, you ever seen the cartoon Bluey, Matt? I know of Bluey. I never actually sat and watched an episode, but I know who it is. I was at a I was at a Thanksgiving gathering with multiple children, and uh, when the time came to distract the children. Uh, someone turned on Bluey, and it was indeed like magic. The the children were entranced by this Australian dog thing. He's from Down Under. Oh, God. Oh, God. In conclusion, Matt, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday sp- special, better than the Werewolf by Night Halloween special, yeah? Uh, okay, I don't really feel right comparing the two. They're holiday specials! At this point. They're holiday specials. But I enjoyed this one more, Bob. But I'm also more familiar with the characters. I like Christmas more than Halloween, so it's like, mm. uh, uh, that's, that's it's like I mean, idea. like I'm kind of biased, you know what I'm saying? Like this isn't really, uh, but but I see where you're coming from. What, what's going to be the next special? Is there an Easter special? I mean that that is what they tease, right? Yeah, well, Easter special. Kevin Bacon will see us again at Easter. Kevin Bacon will return in Easter special. I, I I don't actually think they'll do that. I think that was just a joke. But I hope so. um, the, yeah, I, I assume they'll just keep doing, uh, maybe not every year, but keep doing, well, and maybe not Christmas specials, but I assume they'll keep doing Halloween specials. Yeah. If they did an Easter special, who's a rabbit character they could use? I mean, you, it would have to be like Ant-Man and Wasp, wouldn't you think? Probably. You know, they could get trapped inside like a Kinder Egg or whatever. Damn, Bob. You you writing for Disney? Good job. I should be. I should you be. make some money. <laughs> yeah well I, let me just say that uh if you're more familiar with the werewolf by night characters and elsa bloodstone i don't think that would increase your affection for the werewolf by night halloween special at least it does not for me so bob's basically saying that guardians x special ranks higher than werewolf by night that is what i'm saying yes yes he's making a list of two things he's checking it twice God damn it. They're thematically the same thing. They're holiday specials. The compare the other one just came out a month ago and we talked about it. The connection is natural. Jesus Christ. 
Well, I can't. It's natural. I get I get shit for list. I get shit for just a simple straight up comparison question. <laughs> apparently apparently every everything we look at should just be considered as its own little special snowflake. There's no way one MCU product could be in any way resemblant of another MCU product. That's just unthinkable. That's right, well, as long as it's chronologically correct, you're good. Oh god, man. God. All right, so we're uh, we're rolling out a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special. This has been a bonus episode of Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>